You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, everyone. I'm Trey Strolko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. Eric, we're back again this week. I am. I am excited to be breaking down 20 to 30 second football highlight clips. I can't wait. <laughs> I hear sarcasm right off the top of the show. Before we get into those 20 second clip conversations, let's welcome in the third member of our show, Adam Eaton, also from the Sons of UCF. He's uh, keeping track of the time and keeping us on our toes. Adam, hello. Greetings, gentlemen. I can't wait. Football's so close. The season's right around the corner. We were talking pre-show about announcers and game times and schedules. You can almost smell it, gentlemen. I can't wait to see what uh, what the football season holds. And I can't wait to see what this episode of Around the Kingdom has to offer. All right. Thank you, Adam. You'll be back in just a little while. But let's get into this football talk, Eric. Another week in the books for the Knights. Uh, they have had a second scrimmage. What is standing out to you from what little you have seen, but also what you're hearing from coaches and players during the media availabilities? Well, I think I'm hearing very much that things are going as well as planned. Depth, depth, depth. That's a big king, right? We have depth everywhere. That's uh, off in the line in the trenches. Uh, you know, I think Darren Hinshaw, don't you think Trace has really been a fresh air in listening to him talk? about the offense, about the quarterback room. Like, you can't say there's shortage of information, Trace. That, that's a, that's refreshing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, he has been as forthcoming as he can be, but he is breaking down each position group because he gets asked about all of them. Let me, uh, you know, I opened up uh, to the uh, audience topic ideas, and I want to weave in a couple of the questions that we got, people asking us to discuss things. At UC Half saying, seeing a lot of interceptions in these clips that UCF releases. You know, they're selective, 10 to 15-second clips uh, and highlights from the scrimmage. Uh, is this a good thing or a bad thing, Elo, when UCF releases that? And of course, the, the laugh on that is, is it's good about the defense, right? Yeah. But it really doesn't mean anything. It's a short clip. All right, Trace, explain for the audience that may not be aware what background you have, because you have background when it comes to television. Correct. I've uh, worked as a producer, a reporter, and a news anchor in my career. What are TV people looking for for these 20-second B-rolls? That's what they title it here. They just want little uh, video clips to fill in on a segment, correct? They don't think about, hey, that's a that's a big play in practice. Nobody's thinking anything. Everybody's just trying to grab a clip and play it. And now we've decided 
that we are going to analyze every 20-second clip because of people like you, Trace, that have to get that clip, and we got to overanalyze it. Thanks a lot, Trace. Congratulations. That's what we're doing. This is another show where you say, was it ringleader? I was the ringleader last week. Now it's people like me. Uh, I'm happy to put up whatever content. I mean, if anything, really. I mean, while we're appreciative of the once-a-week 15-minute slot that we're given to see practice we saw handoffs this week. We're not even seeing throws. But let me ask you another question, trying to just instigate things on this quarterback talk, topic uh, at Brian W. Peterson, saying, how much he honestly expect JRP to improve in 23 compared to 22? Tough to tell, of course, from the short clips. What do you think? Are you buying into that hype? Because we continue to hear positive things from players and coaches about John Rice Plumlee. I am buying it because a couple of reasons. He's got a year under his belt, his experience playing at UCF at the quarterback position. I really like Darren Henshaw in the, as a quarterback coach. I think that's an upgrade. I think the offense, I just think, and, and I think all the players are comfortable with JRP. He is settled in. There's not this uneasiness about the incumbent quarterback from the year before on the roster. There is none of that. This is the guy. They, everybody knows it. Uh, so I, I think from that alone, he's going to be better. And I think the coaching staff, Gus has said this, Trace, he admitted he probably didn't use JRP as well, uh, very well. Uh, you know, he wishes he probably overran him uh, at, at times last year. So, uh, yeah, I do think I'm buying into the hype. I think he'll be a lot better. I think he'll be better, but I think we're wrong if we think he's going to be some sort of Heisman Trophy contending quarterback. I think if you buy too much in – you're liable to be let down. But I think if he just reduces the depth of the lows that he has, I think you talked about it a couple of weeks ago, make fewer mistakes. You protect the football. If he can do that a little bit better and not get hurt, right, that leads to improvement. Be consistent. Be consistent in your decisions. Have a more even playing field. Nobody questions when JRP is at his peak. It's exciting. The problem is, to your point, there was a lot of valleys there, a lot of down for him. Let's see more consistency. And I think we will. I really do. I'm optimistic. I know a lot of you. I know you're not. You're, you're, you've already conceded losses on the schedule. Uh, well, uh, segue. Segue alert. Yeah, thank you. See, that's how this works in this industry. Trace, UCF football. What is the floor in the ceiling? People are talking. What are fair expectations as far as wins and losses with this schedule? Of course, the year one in the Big 12. People asking questions like UCF Mike. I think we've heard of him. He goes, the majority of people are saying they will be happy going three and six in conference play. It's crazy to me. And I think you're all full of uh, self-censor, Elo. This is a family show. What's the floor in the ceiling for UCF football this season, Trace? Well, right. You're going to give them two wins, Kent State and Villanova. Those two are given, right? I think why I settle into that six and six, but can be talked into a little bit higher is that I I think there's four wins at least on that schedule. And I think they protect home field in the bounce house. There are winnable games. There's no game really on the schedule. Well, two games, I would say Oklahoma. I was going to say no game, but Oklahoma, Oklahoma and the Texas tech game. I maintain are the most challenging on the schedule, but Kansas state, we're going to talk about rankings in just a moment. I think eight wins to me is the max on the schedule. So more between four and eight. That's why I settle in at six and six. I agree that the, the highest you can get is probably eight, nine wins. The low is probably four wins. And honestly, four or five plays could be the difference. And we've heard Gus Malzahn say that throughout this preseason media availabilities, how they've been 
working on, you know, game situations down because I do think there's going to be games that will be decided by one possession. And that could be the difference between four and eight and nine and three. The other thing is UCF Mike and UCF people are going to have to get used to this. Just because you go three and six and four and five, let's say in the big 12, you're in the big 12. That's a good thing. Now this ain't the American where if you go, you know, four and six, it'd be a, a catastrophic. There's going to be more losses. Trace with all UCF teams in the Big 12. Doesn't mean they're worse. Doesn't mean they're bad teams. It just means there's tougher competition. And I think fans have to accept that. that, You know what? It's okay if there's a couple of games. It's not the end of the world like it was in the American. It'll be interesting to see how fans, can they adapt to that mindset and get used to the fact that, hey, you are going to have some three and six, four and five years in the Big 12, but you still might be good enough to go to a bowl game. Of course, UCF fans have long made fun of Mississippi State with an eight and four record and still hanging around 20 to 25 uh, in the polls. Maybe this is the year with some losses, maybe three, four, right? That the 2017 thing, the hangover from that, that you got to go perfect will finally go away. Four loss UCF team will be right positioned in there in that uh, top 25 somewhere, depending upon, I will, of course, on the I will say this. Loss. I will. Now, I will say this in defense of the fans. I do think a bowl game is attainable. And if you don't make it to a bowl game, that is a disappointment, regardless of what conference you're in. I'm sorry. If you can't go 6-6 six and six to get to a bowl or 7-5, and five, that's a big disappointment. I will agree with the fans on that. Well, we got some questions about this. <laughs> I love our fans, how optimistic they are. I'm Roxala Dennis asking, Asking if a prediction is a potential UCF could be featured on game day at Gold Rush 97. Will UCF get college game day this season? There are so many things that have to go right for that to happen. One of which would have to be UCF has to pretty much be undefeated at the point of consideration for that. And their opponent has to be in a similar position. I don't think it's possible at all. See right here, folks, for the video audience. This is the notebook that I use for my notes to break down game day and big noon possibilities. Cause I love this stuff. I was the guy that broke the story on black and gold Benaret a few years back that, Hey, game day could come to UCF when Cincinnati, everybody's like, Oh, they hate us. They hate us. No, <laughs> and it happened to be true. So I have circled week five Baylor. If Baylor who's hosting Utah, which by the way, that's going to be a future big 12 game, whatever. Uh, if they were to beat Utah, then September 23rd, Baylor beat host Texas. If they beat those two teams, Baylor's going to be ranked super high in the rankings. If UCF beats Boy- Boise and Kansas State that and they're undefeated, that could be a top 25 matchup on game day because your competition that week is Georgia at Auburn. Are you a believer in Hugh Freeze? USC at Colorado, primetime, Deion Sanders. That's a competition. LSU will miss. I think Baylor-UCF is a possibility for college game day if both teams are undefeated. Big noon, no chance. Big noon really is should be called the Big Ten kickoff because that's all they're going to do for noon games. I thought there was a chance maybe a UCF at Oklahoma could be there, but uh, Brett McMurphy is reporting that Cincinnati will actually host Oklahoma September 23rd on Fox. Cincinnati's going to get big noon kickoff, Trace. Urban Meyer and company in at Cincinnati at Nippert. By the way, I think I counted at least four ifs that had to go right for possibly Baylor and UCF on game day. A lot of ifs there in that uh, list of yours. This is true. A lot of ifs. And a lot of ifs. And to do that, you got to win some top 25 matchups, Trace. 
Which, of course, brings us to the AP poll, which came out on Monday. Georgia was ranked number one, the defending two-time national champions. Of course, Big 12 showcase trace. We're not I'm still getting used to this trace. UCF's conference has tons of teams all over the top 25. Highlighted by Texas at 11, Kansas State at 16, TCU at 17, Oklahoma's 20. Future Big 12 team, Utah, 14 trace. Uh, interesting to see this. Uh, with the Big 12, and UCF actually received some votes, which brought some people to bring up uh, S underscore Helwig. Interesting to see the impact realignment has on the preseason AP Top 25. It's unlikely UCF receives z uh, zero votes if they're running it back in the American with the same squad, but now the perception is it's a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team instead of an elite American team. Trace, are you buying that? I do think if UCF was still in the American with what they have returning, I'm not sure they would have been within that top 25. Tulane is, right? They're in that mix. But they would have been right around it with an opportunity to move in, uh, especially after a, a win at Boise State. So it does show you what the difference is. But also the difference will come when you win some games. You'll make that move up in, in the points and the polls uh, quicker now that you're in the Big 12, right? Well, the other thing is UCF didn't finish well last year. Uh, people for, I mean, and, and a lot of these preseason polls are influenced by what happened last and it didn't work out well for UCF. So that's why they're not getting votes. That's why they're not getting a lot of love in the, in the polls, but it doesn't matter because if you win your conference games, like we've highlighted, look at those top 25 games, Kansas state's ring, uh, you know, you, your beloved Texas tech team trades, your beloved red Raiders, I think are even ranked 26. Like 26 oh just ball. outside that the disrespect there uh if you win those games you're gonna skyrocket it to the polls a lot easier than you did in the american where you were kind of maybe picking up votes each week and not cracking the top 25 so there that's the trade-off what do you think of where tulane is ranked it shows that the success they had they are giving them a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt uh, to begin the season michael pratt's back at quarterback so they're the only team in the american Right. By the way, did you know this? The American, uh, they're kind of going like they're in a bunch of their sports. They're going two divisions over there. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> that would have been weird to break down. But yeah, Tulane's the Tulane and Boise State, ironically enough, Trace, are probably the two non, uh, well, used to be, well, power five for at least one more year. Uh, teams that I think a lot of people are trying to make noise as far as getting to a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, Aaron Tulane certainly trying to build from the last year. So uh, I'm not surprised, especially with Pratt returning at quarterback. It does show you, though, when you mentioned Kansas State, Oklahoma, those are two road games for UCF. I am a believer that we shouldn't see polls until there's at least a month into the season. So How are you supposed to hype up the season? I know. Well, season? Do we need, is college football really lacking for hype? I mean, we've had the realignment dominate for I mean, we, uh, it, we, just done, we just did a topic on it. Can you imagine what kind of topics would we have if we have no polls? <laughs> well, let's break now. Bring back Adam. Silly game time. little break here in the action. Yes, gentlemen, this is a, uh, a diversion from previous episodes. This is actually a silly game. This is a silly game show. I want to play with both of you. It's going to pit Eric versus Trace. And here's the rub. Obviously, NFL preseason has started. We're all watching these games in earnest. And according to ourlads.com, there are 26 UCF Knights that are currently playing in the NFL. So welcome to today's game. It's called Who He Play For. 
I'm going to give you the name of a, of a UCF player. You tell me what NFL team he <laughs> is, is on. This is all Eric Lopez. This is all Elo. I'm going to start. Game, I'm going to yeah. go with Elo. If Elo gets it right, Travis, I'll move on to you. If he gets it wrong. Current team or has ever played for? Current team. What team is current, he like on today. right now? Right now, today. Elo, I'm going to start with you. If you get it wrong, sure. Trace, you get a chance to steal and we'll rotate. Here's the first player. Ready? Elo, who he played for? Tristan Hill. Oh, shoot. Uh, he was with the Dallas Cowboys. He's, uh, but I'm assuming he's not, but I can't think of where else he would be. Is he not with the Cowboys? He is no longer with the Cowboys. That's your guess. Trace, can you steal this from Elo? Who he played for? Tristan Hill. I know he was on the Cowboys. Raiders. That is incorrect. You're both incorrect. He plays for the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Oh, well, that explains it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You said NFL teams. I did. Trace, your turn. (laughs) Who he played for, Trace? Tay Gowan. Tay Gowan, uh, he cornerback at UCF, Minnesota. That is correct. Trace on the board with Minnesota. Pressure is on Elo. Eric, here we go. Who we play for? Aaron Robinson, New York Giants. That is correct for Elo. Trace, back to you. Who he play for? Matt Prater. Matt Prater. Oh. I want to say Arizona, but I'm thinking that is correct. Trace is okay. Correct. All right. I tried to oh, call out the new page team. <laughs> wow. He said, I got to count with it. Here we go. Uh, Elo, who you play for? <laughs> Shaquille Griffin. Well, he's trying to hopefully be healthy uh, and play for the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is incorrect. He was cut from Jacksonville last year. Trace, oh. who does he play for? Mm. Trace, you can steal this oh, one no. and seal the game right here. Who we play for? Mm. That is incorrect. He plays for the Houston Texans. Mm. Trace, back to you. You're up 2-1. If you win this one, this might be a big one. Clock is running down. Jordan Aikens. Jordan Aikens. Who do you play for? Jordan Aikens, former UCF tight end. Detroit. That is incorrect. Elo, you can steal this and tie up. Jordan Aikens. Who do you play for? Houston Texans? That is incorrect. Oh, my. I'm, I'm disappointed. Also, a Cleveland Brown in an upset. Trace Trelko has won this game two to one. I did not like the concept. I love it now. I'm glad. He looked (laughs) You're going to bring it back next week. There you go. You did not. Good job, gentlemen. Not dialed into the NFL. Why didn't you ask us any of the many Jacksonville Jaguars if you'd asked Sam Jackson? Well, because we we talked about that, and so I knew you knew those. What are the Jaguars doing cutting players? They need players. What are we doing? They're no, supposed to have a UCF player every. Uh, anyway. oh. All right. Thank you, Adam. We'll check back with you in a few moments for some corrections and facts. Elo, uh, Brent, your mark saying we're holding at 16. That's his line. Now you believe it. And when is expansion enough? Enough is enough already. Should they hold at 16? Do you believe him? Uh, I think they'll hold for now. I think he's going to see what happens in the ACC. Florida State's been making a lot of noise about them moving. We don't know when that's going to take place because I think Brett Yormark's looking at it. Well, if the ACC implodes, I might be able to pluck a Louisville or an NC State or a Virginia Tech, something like that. So you want to wait and see what happens with that before, instead of just jumping into something else. Uh, so, no, realignment, if college sports has ever taught us anything, Trace, unfortunately, it never ends. It's endless, and I and unfortunately, I think we're probably in the middle of this. I think there's going to be even more realignment in the next decade. 
I don't think this sport, college athletics, would be even recognizable, Trace, to what we grew up with or currently see. I think it'll be completely different a decade from now. So, no, I don't think it's ever done. And I think for now he's going to wait until he sees what happens in the ACC. By that, do you think he's backed off his Gonzaga UConn for basketball plan? Just for now, just for now, until he gets a sense of the ACC. But that could be, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a decade from now we just see these super leagues going at 30-plus teams, NFL format. And you're right. The thing about Brett Yormark that's pretty smart, what he's doing, is he's not putting all of his eggs on football. You know, I think he realizes that the SEC and the Big Ten are going to dominate football. I mean, look at the time slots that they're going to get. So what he's doing is – He's not only being trying to be strong in football, but being super strong in basketball because you can't have the NCAA tournament without some of the programs that the Big 12 has. And I think that's what his angle is. Plus, he thinks he can make a ton of money out of basketball, which you know, it's, I like that strategy. And that's why I think the Big 12 has kind of been ahead of the curve in that regard. So uh, who knows, Trace, as you used to call them, the cartel, you know, they're, they're, never, they're never satisfied. And I think the next thing to watch – Look for that college football playoff to change. I would not be surprised if those automatic bids start lowering a little bit, too. We've talked about uh, the schools in the current ACC that are attractive, right, to many leagues, uh, Clemson, uh, Florida State, Miami, right? What schools do you think in the current Big 12 are ripe for plucking by the Big 10, the SEC in particular? So I think that from uh, plucking from the Big 12, you wonder about West Virginia. Like West Virginia, you know, we talk about how we're in the in an island by ourselves in Florida, right? In the map of this conference, West Virginia has been in an island for a long time. You know, does an SEC or an ACC try to pluck a West Virginia? I think when it comes to the Big Ten, I think of Kansas, who's an AAU school, great basketball brand, obviously. Does the Big Ten ever warm up to them, for example? I think those are a couple teams that you certainly wonder. And the biggest question I have about Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, Will they embrace the Big 12 or they're going to have a bit of a Pac-12 or like, you know, heartbroken, you know, hangover? And does the Big 10 eventually say, let's just add as many West Coast teams and create our own Pac-12? That's always what you wonder about that. But, you know, geography is out the window nowadays, it, it seems, phrase, unfortunately. So who knows? But, you know, you sort of hinted something, the chemistry. I wonder if these existing eight legacy Big 12 programs – you know, right now they've, they've brought in eight, right? So you, there's an equal number there. But if you keep adding schools, then maybe those new bloods diminish the old guard. So maybe there's some resistance to keep adding teams. Developing the chemistry now, what's going to be the mindset of Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado? You know the upstarts there, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, BYU. You know their interest. And, and the rest of that, you know, old swack, right? The, the big eight. They're trying to figure out how they fit in with these schools. So it's not over yet. We will continue well, you can always to hear things. And you can sense it's not over, and you already have – Yep. so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But time will tell. Long, long ways to go. I mentioned basketball, Trace. Hoop dreams, man. Hoops. Questions, Trace, about basketball. How is UCF going to do in the Big 12? Two letters, two words. One of my favorite people chiming in. Conventional wisdom, Trace, would say UCF football is closer to the upper half of the Big 12 than UCF basketball. Given that, that should the administration put more resources into the team that should have more early success or the one that likely needs a boost, Trace? 
a really challenging question for me because I get lumped in as that person that's with the excuse of resources, which I firmly believe that men's basketball, Johnny Dawkins, don't have the resources needed to be competitive. But then I struggle with, do you want to throw money into men's basketball when you can see what football can do for you and drive things? So I think it's a very challenging question. I also wonder, much like problems we have in uh, the country and the world, you can keep throwing money at it. Was there any amount of money that will solve the challenges before basketball at UCF? I think in the short term, I'd almost rather keep pouring money into football, which is what I believe Terry Mahadra will do, than divert too many resources. Now, you have a lot of money, right? Then that's a different question. But if, if resources are still limited, I think you got to go with the safer bet. I think you got to pour the money into football. What else does football need? Right? I mean, I keep breeding every other day that they're getting four, five-star recruits. Everything's hunky-dory. Like, what do we else? What else do we need? Like, I mean, like we're basketball. We don't, you know, we can use something. Now, to your point, you could throw a lot of money in basketball. That's no guarantee. There's no guarantees. I think fans, everybody always wants guarantees when you throw money into stuff. That's not the case. But like, don't we want basketball to at least be somewhat competitive, be representative, and not, you know get smashed every time? Like, what does football really need? What else do they need, Trace? Uh, facility upgrades. Certainly in the NIL field, right? Uh, uh, field of play. Yeah. NIL needs to be there. Well, that's a I whole different ballgame, yeah. Yeah, I know. But you and I have talked about this, that uh, UCF fan perception of UCF facilities uh, is different uh, when you compare the facilities to other programs. And I, I'm not sure that I think uh, student-athletes are considering a whole lot more than NIL nowadays. I mean, uh, they, they certainly want the academic reputation of the university and all of that. I don't know how much they're swayed by facilities. I'm not even talking lazy river type facilities. I'm talking structural improvements to facilities. So I'm not talking bells and whistles. I think there's capital investment that they need to make in existing facilities. Uh, you know, we're not talking shade at the softball field, though nice. We're locker room upgrades and not just a coat of paint. You know, I heard uh, volleyball head coach Jenny Maurer talking about, well, they painted the inside of the venue. That's nice. Looks good. But I'm not talking that kind of upgrade to facility. So there are a lot of things that UCF needs money for. And I think once you start going through all of those on the football side and other facilities, I still don't see how there's enough money left over to pour into basketball to make basketball competitive in the Big 12. Would you consider maybe then deviating the money instead of too much to basketball due to baseball? and do what other programs have done, push all in on baseball and try to make a big splash there where they have the history and the tradition. It wouldn't be as expensive in theory. Is that an avenue? Do you pursue that instead of basketball? I think those are – I'm glad I'm not Terry Mahadra. I'm glad I don't have to answer – that. have to figure out all those questions. Well, then you bring up this point, right? Can you have successful football and basketball at UCF? How many programs have both that are at the top of their game? Not – a lot of programs where they're both strong, uh, but basketball is still a bigger revenue generator uh, than baseball. So interesting discussion. And I thank uh, two letters, two words for bringing up that question. All right, back to Adam. Adam, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? What can you help us with? All right, here we go. Some fun facts. You guys talked about JRP for the Heisman. FanDuel has JRP at a 10,000 to one DraftKings 15,000 to one. So if you really think he's a dark horse Heisman, Trace, 
you can make some serious coin if you're willing to bet some money down on well, that. Well, the, the fan out. that we, the fan you wrote, you read about last week, Adam, about the fan that put money on UCF to make the playoff. If you think UCF is yeah. making the playoff, you might as well just put some few bucks on JRP in that scenario. Right? Just double, hear, double, and vice versa. You heard that, Carson Engel. All right, you guys talked about scheduling. Uh, this, is according to College Football Network, UCF with the 62nd easiest schedule in America right now, 62nd out of 133, pretty much right down the middle there. So I don't know how that compares to previous years, but 62 for that. Uh, and we talked basketball, guys. I've got an idea. Are you ready for something revolutionary? UCF basketball, kind of like soccer. We're, we're in the we're in the Sun Belt, right? We're not in the Big 12. UCF basketball leaves the Big 12. We go play in Italy. We went 4-0 in Italy, my friends. The Serbian Reds, the Tuscany Stars, the Venetian Ballers, and Milan. The Venetian Italy. Ballers. All went down thanks to UCF basketball. Maybe, just maybe, we should be in the Italian, I guess, level three league. I'm not really sure. That could be the answer to all our basketball problems. We know what the facilities are like over there. It could be something we could look into. I saw, I saw the Venetian ballers. They look, they look Johnny's got to figure out how to schedule and bring over a traveling team of Italians uh, to play in future non conference schedules. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just glad we won games, Tracy. We're winning games, Tracy. We're all worried about it. We're winning games. Any, can we add any of these to the win total? Do we get these four off the top? Maybe we send out a Brett Yormark. Maybe we can go in Italy overseas and for realignment. Just expand that way. Anything else, Adam? Or is that cleared out your list? That is, that's all the fun I have for you, friends. Ah, good fun there. Thank you, Adam. One more thing before we go. Brett McMurphy, back on AP Top 25, from unranked to top 10, he says there's been at least one team, Elo, every season in the past 30 years, exceptions being 2011 and 2020, that started the season unranked but finished in the final AP Top 10 poll. He mentions last year TCU, Tennessee, Penn State, Washington. Which unranked team, if any, you could go with none, Finishes in the top ten. Well, I think it'll be none, but I, I'm that's a that's a boring answer to say none. I'm going to give you two teams. I think Baylor, who's not ranked, if they with their schedule, if they were to win the Big Twelve, they'll easily be in the top ten. Uh, and I think that's the thing: the Big Twelve is that conference that a team can come from the bottom and win the league, skyrocket it to the top ten. So that's one team. Then I'll give you Boise State. Boise State opens with Washington and then UCF, which I think we've circled as a monster game. We've talked so much how that's a huge game for UCF. That's a huge game for Boise State, who's the favorites in the Mountain West. If Boise were to beat UCF and or Washington, they could have a big special year, get to New Year's Six, win that game. They could kind of finish in the top ten. So those are my two teams. I'll give you two. How about Auburn? Throw in Auburn in the mix. And my favorite other big 12 team coming in at 26 oh. in that ap poll texas Tech. my goodness Elo, they better, are they building a statue for you in lubbock for, i mean you better get like a standing ovation when you go to lubbock uh texas i hope gus and the guys are watching this and they put this video put you all all your texas tech love on the bulletin board material i like the initials elo tt Texas Tech. Yeah. All right. Look for new episodes midweek, every week on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. And then, of course, also later on in the week on the Sons podcast feed. I want to thank Adam for uh, being a part of this one. And Eric Lopez. I'm Trey Strolko. Thank you for being with us for Around the Kingdom.
Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.